Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is October 11th, and your number seven ranked Nittany Lions are now five and one after a heartbreaking, soul snatching, gut wrenching loss to the Iowa fuckeyes. Hawk fucks, bitch boys, corn assholes, whatever you want to call them. I'm coming up with new names because I have zero respect for the state of Iowa. But we do lose. My name is Chris Hankin, joined as always by my co-host Pat Colicchio. Pat, how you doing, man? Uh, pretty bad. This has been just one of the worst sports weeks of my life overall. Been very bad. Yeah. Um, just the whole week has been tough. Um, and then, it, like, part of what makes this loss so gut-wrenching is that, like, it feels like it wasn't our team's fault. Like, it, it looked... It, Obviously, we're biased, and we just lost, so we're going to sound a little bitter. But, like, this looks like there was a close to 0% chance of us losing if Sean Clifford plays that game. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that's uh, that's the hot topic. That's, that's the sentiment <clears throat> on Twitter and in the blogs and in the recaps. Um, you know, we're sad. We're upset. This sucks. Um, I think, you know, the big story is Cliff, his injury, his status going forward. He had an Instagram post today with a, a cryptic caption. Um, we will get into all of that. Um, but yeah, this game, we, we looked like we were dominating. Um, with Cliff in, even with two interceptions early on, offense was moving, defense was playing dominant. We're up 17 3. Uh, and in a time where 17 3 felt like it could have been 30 to 3, 31 to yeah. 3, something like that, like we missed opportunities and we were still up by two scores. That hurts, man. That's that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a team sport, and you got to be prepared for these kind of things. And the uh, you know the the breaks didn't go our way. Um, they, you know, Cliff gets hurt. We don't know exactly what it is yet. Roberson has to come in, and things went off the rails. So we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about all of it. But I think we will start with our awards, as we always do. Um, we still want to highlight some of the positives. We still want to get a little bit creative here. So let's start with our Lion Award. It's our MVP. Who you got for this week's Lion? I'm going with Alice Brooks, man. Uh, this kid had a hell of a game. I think he had like either 14 or 18 tackles. Hold on, let me. I had this. I think it was 14. Yeah, 14 tackles, eight solos. He was all over the field. He was playing a great game. Um, you know, in back of a defense that was incredible. And he, you know, he made a real like sort of man move at the end of the game by staying on the field. One Iowa fan storm the field and saying, you're like, listen, if you're going to be here to celebrate, you have to be here when it goes bad, too. Get tons of respect for Ellis Brooks. He's the kind of high-character guy that we love at Penn State. He's the kind of guy you want on your defense, you want on your team, you want in your locker room. He is my lion this week. Yeah, I like that. I thought that was a classy move by him. And it's, it's funny. I saw, I saw some Iowa fans tweeting about how, like, they were, they were giving him high fives and, like, dapping him up after the game, saying, like, yeah, we respect him for doing that. No, you don't. You're just getting your moment because there's a player on the field. He would have done that for anyone. So that pissed me off. But to Ellis Brooks, shout out, very classy move on his part. I agree with that. Um, there could have been a lot of guys on defense that I could give this to. Uh, honorable mention, shout out Arnold Ebicady. Just another incredible week. Nine tackles, had a sack, three and a half for loss. Um, but but I thought I wanted to give it a little bit different. My line's going to be Jordan Stout. Um, I've talked about how good he's been this year and how important he's been this year. Uh, and he was just that in this game, too. Uh, he was two, two for two on field goals, including the 44-yarder on the Roberson drive, where Roberson takes a brutal sack 
on third down to back it up and make the field goal like 10, 12 yards longer than it need to be. Um, that put us up, I believe it was putting us up to 20 to 10 at the time. Um, so huge moment from Stout, two field goals. Uh, and then, then his punting has just been incredible. Um, for as good as Iowa's punter was, and you know, Iowa pinned us deep almost every single time, uh, Stout was just as good. Stout had five punts averaging 50.4 yards per punt with a long of 58. Um, there were plenty of times in that second half where offense was not moving the ball. And the reason we were able to hold them to field goals was one, our defense was so damn good. Uh, but two stout, just booming the ball and making it hard for Iowa's offense to, to drive and to get into the red zone. So shout out to our defense. I think Ellis Brooks is a great lion. Arnold Ebiketti gets my honorable mention and several other guys on the defense could have got this award, but I want to get a, get a little love to Jordan Stout because uh, he's been doing it all. And he was, he was really important this game. Um, if, if for not some other things, you know, his efforts could have, could have put us over the top. So Jordan Stout, you're my lion this week. That's a, that is a great one. You know, I mean, yeah, he was instrumental in that game and helping, yeah, I, you can't say controlled field position because Iowa still had, like, won the field position right. battle, but in, like, not making it much, you know, could have been much worse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's get into some awards. I have three of them today because I'm jacked up. There's a lot to talk right. about. You can so. go first, then, because I have two. Okay. All right. Uh, my first one is the Blink-182's Tom DeLong Award. Tom DeLong. Any idea who that might go to? It's, it's, it's about a lyric that he sings. I'll give you, I'll give you a little hint. It's got to be Sean Clifford, then. It, it is Sean <laughs> Clifford. Uh, Tom, Tom DeLonge has Blink one of Blink-182's most famous uh, lyrics. They're my favorite band of all time. Uh, and in a song called I Miss You, which is very appropriate right now, he has a lyric that goes, Where are you? And I'm so sorry. And that goes to Sean Clifford, because I am so sorry. Um, I am sorry for all the bad things I said last year. Uh, I'm sorry for saying you weren't the guy, for saying that even in Yursich's offense, you wouldn't be able to take the next step, uh, for saying that Levis and Roberson should have been getting snaps last year because you just weren't performing. Um, I'm sorry. I realize now, as does everyone in the Penn State fan base, how paramount you are to our success uh, and how good you have become this year. Uh, so I'm sorry. Where are you? I miss you. All of that. We don't know what the status of his injury is. We won't know. Um, Franklin's not going to give us any updates unless he's out for the season, which based on his Instagram post doesn't seem like he is. Um, and I want to say one thing too, I think, because th th this can go two ways, right? This, this award I'm focusing on Clifford and saying, I miss him. I'm sorry. I, I, I never gave him the respect, but I want to say too, for, for everyone that's bashing Roberson, he was bad. He knows he was bad. We will talk about that, but, but do, do yourself a favor. Watch his post-game presser. Um, it's on YouTube. A couple different outlets have it. I think I watched it from Fight on State. Um, that, too, was, was, seemed like he was holding back tears, man. But he stood there for eight minutes, answered every single question, owned it, talked about how he's, you know, next man up, next play up, and how he's going to get better from it. Um, blame can be, can be multiple places, and half of it, Goes on him because he did not execute. Uh, but I think the other half goes on the coaching staff for either one, not having him ready by, by not having him in, you know, more practice reps with the ones, not having him in more time during Villanova and Ball State when we had these comfortable leads. Um, and two, if you don't think he's the guy, you didn't bring anyone else in once Levis left. So 
I think all in all, what I'm saying is, is yes, yes, Roberson deserves the criticisms that he's getting. But watch that interview. I think your, your tone on him will change a little bit. And to bring it all the way back, this award goes to Sean Clifford. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, that, it, it is a good award. And like to kind of talk about what you were, uh, kind of continue what you're talking about there. Like if it, we're going to be doing something this episode that I, I really don't like, which is like heavily criticizing college kids. Yeah. Who do something that we can't do. Yep. And I get that. And yeah, you guys are better at football than I am at anything. Correct. That, that I understand that. But like, you have a game like this, and these are the only things you leave us to talk about. Yeah. You know, like that yeah. is the nature of being an athlete. And, yeah. it's, and, I, I don't, and I'll talk about it. I don't it. get any joy out of like criticizing young men who are not even getting paid to put their bodies on the line. Of course, of course. It's and not I think like, we'll... I'm not relishing this opportunity. Right. But we also like, we, ha- we have to be realistic about what happened. Yeah, and we will talk about it. We will critique. We will call out the things that we saw. But yeah, that's, that's sort of why I wanted to put that precursor similar to what you're saying is like, he's a kid who got thrust into a really tough situation. So um, let's continue with awards and then we'll come back to this topic afterwards because there is a ton to unpack there. What's your first award? The Billy Madison Award. Billy Madison. Uh, back to school? Uh, Not quite. Uh, <laughs> Billy Madison. There's, oh, there's so many things that could be. I, I don't want to waste time here. Give it to so, me. So one of my favorite lines from Billy Madison is when he has the kid call the teacher, and then he hangs up and goes, you blew it! <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So does so, this what, go, yeah, what does we're this just go to Roberson? About? Does this go to Roberson? No, this actually goes to Brenton Strange. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Brenton Strange had, like, I, he should be really thankful that Taquan Roberson has had as bad of a game as he did because if he was even remotely capable, people would be talking about how poorly Brenton Strange played. Because it was, I mean, again, like, I know we just said we don't like doing this, but, like, he's pretty instrumental in us losing that game. He yeah. dropped not just three passes, he dropped three first downs. One of which was the last pass that Sean Clifford threw that would have been a first down like inside the 10-yard line. It probably would have been like the seven or six-yard line, Mm -hmm. which could have resulted in a touchdown instead of a field goal. And then he drops two first downs from Taquan Roberson, a quarterback who's – a backup quarterback who's been put in a game against a great defense and is struggling and in – all we had to do was get first downs to just like eat clock. And when he, when the guy who's been having a hard time doing the job did the job, you failed to complete the easiest part of that task, which was just catch the ball. Yeah. They were, they were not difficult catches. They no. were right through his hands. The Clifford when, one was kind of tough. Yeah. That was when I'll he was like up that. in the air. Right. Yeah. But like, it yeah. also went through his hands. Sure. You know, hit, hit your hands, catch the ball, right? Yeah, like you, you're. Yeah, you, you got. Again, make that I, I can't, I can't make that play, but you, as a, as a, as an athlete, should be able to. But make the that play. the two from Roberson were actually pretty easy catches. They were right, and they, they were, were right automatic on. first downs, and they were. Hey, we could have killed another couple minutes of clock at worst. And they're confident makes those players. Yes. confidence builders for Roberson. So many plays later on where he's sailing it over people's heads or he's throwing ducks. Like 
completing those short passes, getting first down, staying on the field, getting in a rhythm, that helps you so much. Yeah, and like to be honest with you, I have been fairly disappointed with Brenton Strange's body of work throughout the season. He does have the two touchdowns, but he's only got eight catches through six games. Uh, his blocking has not been great. He whiffed horribly on that block last week at Indiana and just yeah. like was unfortunately a really big part of this loss. Yeah, it's tough. It's, uh, it's not what you want to see. It's not what we want to call out, but Brenton Strange, you get the Billy Madison Award. Um, all right, my next one is uh, very, very safe for work. I'll put this as eloquently as I can. This is the fuck you, you fucking fucks award. <laughs> I'm going to go with the <laughs> Iowa fan base. This goes to the <laughs> Iowa fan base. Uh, we were going to talk about it at some point, so I wanted to, I wanted to make sure I gave their uh, assholery an award. Uh, these people are just awful people. Uh, I, I, you can spin it as many ways as you want. You can rationalize it as many ways as you want. Booing injuries is just the lowest of lows. Um, every single time one of our players went down, which was a lot. Uh, so I don't know what that says. Figure out, fix your, fix your turf, man. Fix your field conditions. Stop being assholes. I don't know. Um, but every time our players went down, their fans would boo. Uh, one guy went viral on, on Twitter. It's like old dad going, oh, oh, my arm. Like, shut up, dude. You couldn't do anything athletic in your entire life. Um, it is the lowest class of low. And the big thing that I kept reading on Twitter is that Iowa was saying, oh, it happened every time after they had a big play and it slowed down their momentum. Um, first of all, no, it didn't. It happened all throughout the game. Um, and what they said is that it slowed down their momentum and the player that got hurt would come back in one or two plays later. So they thought we were faking it. No, that didn't happen. Uh, PJ Mustfer, we lost him early on, did not come back. Um, Sutherland was out, did not come back as far as I know. Clifford did not come back. Of course, we would want him back. Um, and other guys did get banged up. Brisker was banged up at one point. Um, he gets banged uh, up every game. First every game. Like, every game. This is not like, a do, new do thing. Do I expect them to know that? No. Right. But, right. but that's and like Yeah. And do, do I expect them to be like <clears> – because <throat> the other thing was, like, the, the guys who got hurt weren't the guys we would be like, hey, by the way, take a dive so we can right. save some clock. Exactly. Exactly. Now, if, do I, if we did that. <laughs> and I don't expect them to know that either. Because they're not going to be like, sure. oh, no, we know 17's been great this year. Like, yeah, they're yeah, not going to fucking yeah. know that. Exactly. Um, but exactly. Yeah, sorry, continue. No, no, you're right. You're right. And, and the, the big thing too, and Franklin even said this in his press conference, which I really respect the hell out of, is he addressed it and saying, you, you know, you're not a tempo offense. Like, it's not us trying to slow you down because you're moving the ball and running a play every three seconds. You're a slow grind them out offense. Like, what do you think we're trying to do? Like, if this, if this is a, like an old school Chip Kelly offense where they're running the ball every fucking second or where you're, you need to get a momentum, maybe a team does that. But like, it just wasn't the case. So I think they're just trying to rationalize being assholes. And that goes to the next point. Their coach did it on the sideline. One of their coaches, and, and shout out to, I don't have it handy, but whoever tweeted this, because uh, he was getting some praise for like such a great moment after the field. He was like hugging someone. It was like such a great moment. And some person tweeted like, oh, this is the same guy who mocked the player. He did it. We're on the sideline of a game against people you're coaching against. He falls to the floor and makes a gesture of like, oh, I'm hurt. Like, dude, grow up, man. Just grow up. And then finally, last thing is you don't storm the field as a home favorite as the number three team in the country. You are losers in my mind. That's all I got to say about Iowa. Yeah, I mean, listen, I tweeted it out after the game. 
Mm-hmm. And it holds true. Like, listen, if you guys have been watching all the wrestling that I've told you to <laughs> these past few years, you would know that Iowa fans are the worst fans in sports. They're like notoriously garbage people yeah. with like, they have more opinions than knowledge is really the, like how I feel about every Iowa fan. Not everyone, but like a lot mm-hmm. of Iowa fans. A large they, majority. They're yeah. super outspoken and they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. Well that showed. And you know, like we said before, we were the better team. I know you can't say that. I know they won. I know they're the number two team in the country. They'll get exposed. They'll get exposed. I'm not worried. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, you know, I, I, I've said on this podcast, outside of this podcast, yeah, if Sean Clifford doesn't get hurt, we probably win that game by at least two scores. Absolutely. However, he did get hurt. That's It's football. He got hurt by what was a great football play, a clean hit, nothing against that kid. Completely agree. football. However, if you're going to hang your hat on this win as an Iowa fan and be like, man, we were so fucking good this game, you're delusional. Delusional. You guys won because our starting quarterback got hurt. Like, yeah, yeah I, I, he threw two interceptions. Because I, I saw some people saying that too. Like, oh, really? Like, it's a sure thing? He, he threw two interceptions. Yeah, and you guys still only scored three points. Yes, and we were still beating you by 14 points with yes. his two interceptions. Like, I just – I can't get over the storming the field thing. Like, what's, what's your opinion on that? Um, I'm, I have two minds of it because, like, this is definitely the biggest win they've had in a long time as a yeah, program. just – at home against the number four team in the country. But you're uh, the number they, three team. They haven't been ranked this high in forever. Like, it's still a huge yeah. win. And they were down the whole game and came back. So it is like an anticipation building thing. But yeah, like you're supposed to storm the field when you upset somebody. Yeah, it's just, it blows my mind. I saw people rationally. I had a friend who was like, yeah, Penn State would have done the same thing. I'm like, no, I don't think we would have. Like, I really, really don't. Not um, against Iowa, but I, I mean, like I could see if we came out of that game undefeated. And, like, if we were playing Ohio State at home and they were still, like, number five, I kind of see it. I'd, I don't know. I'd hope that we'd have more, like, just wherewithal to be like, hey, we're, we're, we're supposed to be here now. We are the better team. Like, yeah. chill. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But that, that wraps up my fuck you, you fucking fucks award. Yeah, they're garbage people. Sorry, sorry for the language. Uh, all right, what's your second award? Hermione Granger Award. Hermione Granger. I love the movie references, first of all. Um, Second week in a row with a Harry Potter reference. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, or maybe Harry second Potter week guy. overall. I'm wearing my um, Gryffindor underwear right now. I love that. Underwear. People, you're getting a show here. Hermione yeah, Granger. Uh, it's Leviosa, not Leviosa. It's uh, – I, she has so many quotes. She only likes you because the chosen one. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Give it to me. So this is going to be more movie, uh, more book than movie. Uh, okay. you know, Hermione Granger is the constant overachiever. Yeah, I think in her first year in their charms final, she scored like 105% or something like that. Uh-huh. I'm giving it to the defense, man. What okay. an overachieving game for like the yeah. whole defense mm-hmm. gets the Hermione Granger award. I like they that. had, they had one bad play with the play accident they've been on. But other than that, man, Iowa had like really great field position. Most of the game, they got the ball on the eight yard line and ended up kicking a field goal from farther away. Incredible. I mean, they fought an uphill battle the whole game, man. Mm-hmm. and they did so well. Like, like yeah, yeah Iowa scored twenty three points, but again, I, you know, if Sean Clifford was in, I think Iowa ends that game with like ten. Yeah, 
Yeah, I completely Maybe agree. 13. I'll give him 13 to 16 points if Sean Clifford plays sure. the whole game. Sure, because we're controlling the ball and then they're not yeah. getting opportunities. Um, I, I love that you gave that award because my last award actually goes to the defense as well. Um, and mine is just simple. It's you deserve better. It's the you deserve better award. The double, um, de- double award kind of day for the defense. It is. I, I figured you'd have one. That's why, that's why I went with three just in case. But I figured mm-hmm. you'd have a defense one. You already mentioned after that first cliff inter- interception, they shut them down. Eba Katie with a huge sack on third and goal. Beautiful. After the second interception, they get the ball right back with the brisker interception. Mm-hmm. Um, in the second half, outside of our field goal drive that Roberson led, the offense averaged uh, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you guess this one. What do you think our time of possession outside, outside of that long drive in the second half was? So I Average say, per drive. I want to say we had three first downs, right, outside of that? Maybe, yeah. Um, so you're saying our total time of possession or a- average per drive? How per long drive. were we holding the ball? About a minute and a half. You're not far off. Uh, one minute and 19 seconds per drive and 26 total yards. Yeah. Your defense deserves better than that, man. You've got to be able to convert and keep them fresh. Um, even when it was 20 to 10. Yeah, Iowa had some big plays. And we were still holding them to back-to-back field goals because it went 20 to 10 to 20 to 13 to 20 to 16. It wasn't until their go-ahead touchdown that they, you know, we always say Ben don't break. It wasn't until that go-ahead touchdown that we finally broke. Someone was out of position. I'm not an expert. I'm not going to break it down. A guy was wide open on that, you know, roll out, hit him back on the other side of the field. Um, And that happens. That happens. But that also happens because you're constantly on the field. You're not getting rest and your offense isn't helping you. So shout out to the defense. You deserve better. Three sacks, 11 tackles for loss, six QB hurries, three passes defended, and one interception. They played a hell of a game for 99% of it. So shout out to the defense. Yeah. It was an incredible defensive effort. And like, yeah, like those mistakes happen when your defense starts having to press. Yeah. When they have to do things that they shouldn't. Yeah. Because it, the offense it got to, can't pick up the slack. Right. It got to the point where, you know, they started having some success on the ground with Goodson and he was, char- you know, he was, he was dashing us for 10 yards here, 15 yards there. And, you know, after time when you're tired and you're beaten, yeah, they can hit you on a play action. They can hit you on a misdirection. It happens, but defense, you deserve better. All right. So let's get to the main topic. Sean Clifford is injured. Um, we don't have an update. We do have we do have his Instagram quote. Did you see this? Yeah, the you know back. To, I, are we saying back to business? Is that is that the, so, uh, the hashtag? So if you haven't seen his Instagram quote, booty. It's, a, it's a picture of him bringing that booty. It, it <laughs> says it says in life moments will come and go, trials will come and go. It's the memories with the people around you that live forever. Time to create more memories. There's a sword emoji, a chess piece emoji, a pawn. And then hashtag B to B. Um, a lot of people are thinking it's back to business. Some people are saying it's beat the Buckeyes. Uh, Sean Fitz says bring that booty. Uh, the one that I saw that was a little bit different. This comes from Pat C on Twitter. Fratzy Patsy, is that you? Do you, do you have a burner? What, what is that? That would be the worst burner account. <laughs> yeah, it's just your name. It's just me. <laughs> Just your name, spelling it slightly different. Um, his, he put a quote uh, that comes from The Art of War, where Sun Tzu reminds us to focus inward, not outward, using his seven points. And one of his points is called Burn the Boat. Are you familiar with this one? Uh, no, I, I, I was not. I I've was never not. read uh, The Art of War. 
I have never read The Art of War, so Burn the Boat comes from Julius Caesar, the Roman emperor who set out to conquer England 2,000 years ago by boat. Upon landing at the coast, his soldiers soon realized that the opposition had way more men, which caused his men to panic and fear, uh, start preparing their boats for a quick exit. Caesar burnt all of the boats, forcing his men to fight, gaining 100% commitment from his men. I don't know if that's what Sean Clifford is going for, but if it is, okay. Um, I like that. It could be. I uh, don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I don't Why, think so. But, but <laughs> let's, 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 let's high level. What do you take from that kind of captive? Do you take that as he's back or do you take that as he's saying, like, because some people are saying, like, time to make more memories. Is he saying, like, yeah, he's ready back and he's going to play or meaning maybe, like, next year or, or in a different aspect? Like, how do you take that? I'm taking that as he's back. Um, just because, like, I, it's, I'm, I'm taking B2B as back to business. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's what it's got to be. And back to business implies that he's getting back to business. Yeah. To me. Yeah. So the rumors, the rumors, and if you're on message boards and here, listen, I am not sharing any paywall information. I'm not (laughs) sharing screenshots. Do not come after me. This is information that's being discussed on every thread on Twitter, on Reddit, on public spaces. So don't come after me. Uh, The rumors are something with his ribs. That's what people are saying, that there's either some small fractures in the ribs, maybe a broken rib. Uh, And the timeline for actual broken ribs can be months. So it may be just badly bruised. It may be fractures. Some people are saying maybe it was something with his back, but clearly it was something that was big enough to keep him out of the second half. Because if he could have played through it, he would have. He knew how big of a game that was. Um, but hopefully something like you mentioned, a bye week in Illinois coming up, that he can get some rest and, and come back by, by either part of the Illinois game or the full Ohio State game. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see him out there for the Illinois game. Uh, just because, like, A, that's how nervous I am about Taekwon Roberson's yeah. uh, performance in that last game. And, like, it's just I don't want his first – back and field action to be Ohio state, you know, you got to knock yeah. the rest off. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so maybe, maybe Illinois is a game where Roberson starts and Cliff gets action in the second half. I don't think they would do that, but maybe, um, I, I don't know. So let's, let's talk about Roberson. Uh, Cause obviously that's where, where most of the fans attention is. If Cliff is going to be out, if he's going to need some time, um, this is where basically all of our, our, uh, our Twitter questions come from this week. Um, Andrew Stoner asks, how will the offense look with Roberson as QB one beyond big 10 says, after seeing what a third string walk on QB did when needed versus Alabama, do you think our issues at QB when Clifford went out were mostly inexperienced, a lack of any prep by the staff or most likely a combination. Uh, And then Becky farmer uh, says, I need to understand why it took so long for your and Franklin to adjust our snapping situation. I personally, me, Chris Hankin, am going to have nightmares of false starts. There were so damn many. So let's start with the original question. How does our offense actually look with Roberson as QB1? Do you think this was him coming into a big situation against the number two scoring defense in the country in a very raucous environment and being inexperienced? Or do you think he's just not ready? Um. I mean, it's hard to say because, like, yeah, that was what happened. Like, he could not – you could not have picked a worse situation for him to have come in at other than yeah. maybe if we were, like, losing the game by by seven, you right. know, and he had to put it all on his shoulders. Um, yeah, like, it, that is a great defense. That is a really rowdy crowd atmosphere. That is a tough place to play. That's a bad time to come in for someone who's had no, like – meaningful game experience yeah 
yeah, and we talked about we talked about uh, the drops with Brenton Strange. Uh, talked about the eight false starts. Eight false starts. How do you not, as a coaching staff, do something to adjust that after like three of them? I, I honestly don't know. Well, um, in their defense, three of them happened all at once. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. You, you, all right. So after that happens, how do you not make an adjustment so that it does not happen again? How do you, like, whether it's going under center, whether it's using a different cadence, because they, they switched from he was doing the hand claps to he was doing like a leg kick. Obviously, something was widely off. Um, but you just can't have eight false starts. But all of this considered, tough crowd, good opponent. He still went seven for 21 for 34 yards and two ugly interceptions. Um, his, he threw a deep ball a couple times. It, it was duck hanging up there. Um, you know, he had Jahan basically one-on-one over the middle and just threw it behind him. And that led to that interception the guy laid out for. If you lead him to the right side of the field, you give him some chance to run under that. That might be a really big completion. And again, a huge confidence builder. Um, and then lastly, I think the, the, the worst part for me was uh, that, that one of those last drives was our second to last drive. I think we were actually cruising, not cruising, but we were, we were moving a little bit. It's fourth and two, fourth and three. He gets a little bit of pressure and just panic dumps off to Kevon Lee when he had two crossing routes. I think it was Cam Sullivan Brown and Theo Johnson, both wide open over the middle for a conversion. So what I said before, watch the press conference, watch, you can, you can see how kind of shaken up he was and it's a tough spot to come in. So like, I, I don't want to just completely bash the kid, but it was a bad performance. And, and I think he knows that. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's no overstating how bad of a performance he had that night. Mm-hmm. Um, other than like some timely runs, it's just yeah, very little going. Um, yeah. And here's the, I think there's, there's no way he is as bad as that performance was. Right. Like ability wise. I think the moment got him, you know, mm-hmm. I really do. Cause yeah, like, and even as a coaching staff, like how do you plan for a guy who just can't get the ball snapped? Right. right. How many adjustments can you possibly make for like your quarterback's just clapping at the wrong time? Like, yeah. you gotta, uh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, you can't and that's do that, what can you do? Yeah, but that's where I that's where I say like, okay, is this is this just Roberson not executing and not playing, or is this the staff not having him prepared or not being prepared for a situation where Cliff goes down? Because you look at the last couple of years of what our quarterback room has. We misuse Will Levis grossly, right? He's our he's our battering ram running guy. We don't ever let him throw. He's having a pretty good time in Kentucky right now. They're six and zero with a win over Florida, a win over an ugly LSU team. He's doing pretty well for himself. I know you can't say Levis would have been our guy. He would have been our savior because he wasn't going to start and he wanted to start somewhere. I get that. But we also, in the last two years, have lost Michael Bowens as a quarterback to Oklahoma. We lost Michael Johnson Jr., a four-star, to Florida Atlantic. And we stuck with Roberson and Vayu as our backups, two guys who had absolutely no game experience. So coming into this season, either one, you are severely misevaluating Roberson and you think he's much better than he is, or two, you're not giving him enough opportunity to be prepared for big moments. And I agree with you. I think the moment got him. I think this is his floor. Like, I think this is the worst we're going to see him. I don't think it can get worse than that because I think the kid does have some talent, right? You saw him on some of those runs. He looked good. There were some intermediate passes where he looked sharp. Um, so I don't think it's going to get worse, but I, I put a I good mean, amount of blame. like 5,000 yards in high school. Like, he's not yeah. dumb. Yeah, he's, he's, he is a four-star quarterback, dual threat. He's 
somehow gotten enough confidence in the, in the coaching staff that they were going to ride with him as their backup this year. So it's a combination of the moment being too big and not being able to execute. And secondly, not being prepared enough by the coaching staff. So I think there's blame to go around. Yeah. I, I, I think it's yet to be seen. I, I don't think you can yeah. like a hundred percent make that judgment because you you know, maybe he shows up against Illinois if he has to play and plays well, and obviously a worse team. Um, or maybe he's just like, I don't know, maybe he can't handle the pressure of a serious college football game. I don't know. You, yeah, you don't is. know until you've seen it. Right. And I, I, I'm not making that judgment saying he, that is him. But, like, some guys just don't have that, that thing that makes them great when they need to be great. Um, yeah. You know, like we said, he clearly has a bill. Uh, he passed, I, I think they're announcing he passed like 5,000 yards in high school. Admittedly, not the strongest high school conference ever. I played in it. It's not that great. Uh, but still, like he dominated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think my, my biggest, my biggest concern is like in the games that you knew you could probably get him some looks this year, Ball State and Villanova. One, I think we waited too long to bring him in both times. Villanova, there was no reason for Clifford to be in that game past halftime. And he played the entire third quarter, I'm pretty sure. Um, you look at the stat lines against Ball State, Roberson was one for two. And against Villanova, he was three for five. So up until this game, you've let him throw the ball seven times. Like even when he was coming in, it was just handoffs. It was just handoffs. Like you have to, if you're going to get your backup some playing time, I don't care about running up the score. Maybe you don't want to run up the score against Villanova or, or against Ball State. Like if you know your guy doesn't have game experience, you've got to let him run the offense. So I don't want to beat this horse to death. I know we're talking about it a lot, but like that's where my frustration comes in. Cause like I have friends who are, you know, I won't say casual Penn State fans because they are, but they're, you know, not as invested as me. And they're like, who the fuck is this guy? He sucks. How is he even allowed to be on the field? Like, I mean, at one point you, you were texting me, you were like, what other option do we have? It was like, you know, I think, I think all of us. Yeah, that, I yeah, I mean, that was us, the panic mode I was in of from course, just like seeing how course. he was playing, for sure. But I think, that, I think that's what people need to understand is like the coaching staff decided that this was our best option. And him performing the way he did is twofold. It's on him for not executing, and he missed a lot of easy passes. And it's on the coaching staff for, for, for riding with that. You have to be prepared if your quarterback goes down. You have to. It, it's college football. That's the game. That's how it's played. And we weren't. We weren't ready. That's all yeah, it was. Like, so. Listen, I'm, I wouldn't have expected him in, in no scenario would I be like, you know, we have to have a backup who could come in and win this game for us if we're down against Iowa away. But like, sure. You do have to have a guy who can protect a 14-point lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that, and that's, that leads us to our next question. Uh, this comes from Drew Cagle. Cagle's Bagels says, everything is still in front of us. Obviously, Cliff's health is still priority number one. Yes, we agree. He said, what do you all think of the run game this week? I was impressed, given that it was against Iowa's stout front seven. Cagle, I love you. You're one of my good friends on Twitter. I appreciate you always writing into us. I don't know what game you were watching. I was not impressed. Pat, no. what do you think about the run game? Um, so my, my prediction of Sean Clifford being our leading rusher did come to fruition. With only a quarter and a half of play. Yep. And, and three carries. So that's only three. Yep. Three carries for 36 yards. Oh my God. We got Kevon Lee, 10 carries for 30. Roberson, 10 carries for 27. Noah Kane, eight for 15. And Devin Ford, one for one. Jesus. I mean... 
you don't have a single running back. You got one running back averaging over two yards a carry and none averaging over three. It's not a good formula to win football games. No, I mean, like, the, the thing is, like, years past, if this thing had happened, you know, you go, we could have still won this game because we had guys who could just, you know, at least get a couple first downs. Yeah. Yeah, Roberson wouldn't have had to be the guy. And, and how many yeah. times have I said, how many times have I said this year about an opponent, shut down the run and make their subpar quarterback beat us? That's what Iowa did to us. Like they, they yeah. made Roberson beat us. And yeah, Kegel, again, I'm not, I'm not coming at you here, but like, no, I was not impressed. Like this was a really, really poor performance. And you see it, like you see Yersich knows that it's not happening. And he constantly throws the ball to wide receivers at the line of scrimmage to supplement the run game because we just don't have one. So when it's, when it's first and 10, and normally maybe you run the ball to try to get four or five yards, he's quick throw to, to Dotson, get those four or five yards. In short, short rushing situations, same thing. It happened with, I think, Roberson one or two times where it was second and three, second and four, third and three, third and four. Like you need a couple of yards. You're not confident in your running back. You're going to do that real quick screen to your wide receiver. That works for now until defenses realize that and start keying on that. Like they know you're not going to run it because you're scared to run it. Um, so I think one, it makes you really, really one dimensional because defenses don't need to sell out to stop the run. The run's just not there. Um, and two, it, it takes away opportunity from your wide receivers to be able to, to target down the field because you need them at the did line of scrimmage that? to get the, I did hear a little something. I didn't know what it was. What do you got That's happening easy. over there? That's Izzy. Easy. Izzy, welcome to the show. Uh, if you didn't listen last episode, pack on a dog. It's Izzy. Um, but anyway, that, that, that's my point is like we have been so bad in the running game that Yersich has had to supplement with these wide receiver screens and quick wide receiver passes, which really limits, really limits. Um, and the difference with Cliff and Roberson, I think Cliff got very good at being able to pick those yards up with his feet. Um, Roberson did it once or twice, but didn't, didn't have the overall feel that Cliff did. So yeah, it, it, it's worrisome for the rest of the year. And, and was, we've said it multiple times already. It's, it's nice that we have Illinois in a bye week or a bye week in Illinois rather. So yeah. we got to get our shit together. Yeah. I mean, like our best runs this game were our quarterbacks taking the ball on passing plays and running. Correct. You know, correct. We had two guys with runs of 10 yards or more in this game. You want to know who they are? Sean Clifford and Taquan Robertson. That is correct. <laughs> it's after it's that. Not it's Yvonne Lee with six yards. That's our best rush. You can't, you, and again, I was a very pathetic. good defense, but you, you can't win a football game like that. You just can't. Um, so yeah, we're, we're saying everything that's already been said and everything that needs to be said. Um, anything else within this game? We talked about Cliff and Roberson. We talked about how good the defense was. Talked about Jordan Stout crushing it. Um, there, there's, there's some, there's some thing to be said about coaching and making adjustments and trying to trying to set yourself up for, for Roberson to succeed. But I'm not a coach. I'm not going to try to sit here and say I would have done something differently than your and, and Franklin did. I think the penalties were just absurd and, and somehow should have been fixed earlier. I don't know what the answer is, but I think they should have been fixed earlier. What else you got? Um, you know, the, the one thing we talked about, Iowa's punter, man, not just their punter, but their punt team in general. Cause like their gunners were getting down there making plays, keeping that ball at the end zone. Like, yeah, that was the, in fact, the only part of their team that seriously impressed me. Yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs> Izzy growling. She, she's, she's impressed by the punter. She is um, snoring actually. <laughs> oh, snoring. Uh, but no, but that, that made it really difficult. Like 
Cliff backed up on the one or two, able to get out, sustain some drives. Roberson backed up on the one or two. I mean, how many times did Stout punch from our own end zone? Three? Um, yeah, but I mean, also, like, you know, that first interception was the same thing. Clifford yeah. on the one-yard line or the two-yard line. True, and, true. You're and, right. You're you know, right. Like, he, he threw a really bad pass there. Don't get me it wrong. Was. But, like, that kid got pressure immediately and then also tripped him as he was throwing. Right. Right. And I, my point being, I think as the game goes on, Cliff settles in and, and he did, right. Even with the yeah. second interception, he was looking so much better. He was taking care of the ball after that. He was getting some yards on the ground. He was finding people all over the field. Like it, it really, really felt, and everyone will always say this, he was running it really offense. felt like he was, he was in control. And if he stays healthy, we win that game by two scores easily. So it is what it is. We did not win. We are now five and one. We only dropped to number seven in the poll, which honestly is not that bad. I think I think the voters take a look at everything we just said. We lost by three on the road with a backup quarterback playing most of the game. Uh, and we still have a lot of opportunity in front of us. Uh, we have number six, Ohio State, number eight, Michigan, number 10, Michigan State, all on the schedule. If we win out and if we win every single game on our schedule, because we've got Rutgers, Maryland, Illinois too, if we win out, we still go to the Big Ten Championship. Where we can likely face Iowa again. And fuck them up. Mm-hmm. God, I hope Clifford's injury is not that serious. That, that's all I can say. Because if, if, again, I think we can get through Illinois with Roberson. I think Ohio State mangles us if, if Roberson's the quarterback. Oh, God, yeah. And I don't mean that as a knock on the kid. Even like, that's you know, true. Not beyond that, like, I think we need like a healthy Sean Clifford to yes. beat Ohio State. Yeah, he can't we, just we be can't hobbling back. have a 75% Sean Clifford. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's where it comes down to, right? We got a bye week, we got Illinois, and then we have Ohio State. So, we just got to keep our eyes on it. Franklin's press conference will be Wednesday. Um, he won't say anything, I'm sure. All we have to go on is this, this Instagram post. So, everybody keep theorizing, keep guessing, keep, you know, coming up with hypotheses for when he's going to come back. Um, but hopefully, we'll get some updates from the beat reporters who are allowed to see parts of practice. Maybe they'll, they'll see what he looks like, if he's, you know, wrapped up in anything. Hopefully, we'll get some information. But at this point, our destiny is still controlled by us. That's, that's the one positive to take away from this week. We can still win out. We can still go to the Big Ten Championship, and we can beat the brakes off of Iowa. That's all I got, Pat. Anything else? All right, you said it all. That's it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sticking with us as always. We got a bye week. Maybe we'll do like a fun episode for the bye week as going into Illinois, you know, first half of the season recap. It'll be a lot of the stuff we said, but maybe we'll get some friends or some guests on, do a little roundtable kind of thing. Um, other than that, we'll be back with an Illinois preview in which we will look to go 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, we are.